seconds here and let it warm up. Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today I have someone who doesn't need an introduction, but he's going to get one anyway. Uh, he's an incredible guitarist all the way from New Jersey. Uh, he's the frontman of his own band, a Matt O'Ree band, and he's also played uh, with Bon Jovi back in 2015. Matt O'Ree, everybody. How you doing, Matt? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me, and I appreciate you guys thinking of me, and it's great to be here. Yeah, you know, like, like I mentioned to you a little bit ago, you know, I've had a lot of people message me and ask, hey, you should get Matt on, and I, like I said, I, I thought about it and wanted to, and uh, that was the perfect time to do it, so I'm really happy you could come on. Oh, t tell them thank you for for, requ for requesting me, and um, sin again, sincerely appreciate people thinking of me. Sure, um, you know, like I like I said during intro, you know, you're you're an incredible guitarist. You know, what I really like about your style is that you kind of have that blues type sound to your guitar playing. It, it's really good. Sure, th thank you. Yeah, gr growing up, and when I first started playing guitar, I was instantly drawn to blues musicians, um, really starting with Jimi Hendrix for me, um, like most other guitar players, but uh, that was my first bug I think I got bit by, and then shortly after, you know, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, and then digging into, the, you know, their influences, you know, and this is all pre-internet, so I was going to the library and looking these guys up and figuring out who they mentioned or may have mentioned in interviews of who they, you know, uh, uh, idolized when they were growing up. So then it became, you know, B.B. King and Muddy Waters and Albert King and, and um, Steve Ray Vaughan. Of course, you know, that's in the in the list there, too, of my influences. Um, but that whole blues background is really my, that's my favorite, you know, that's where I came from, really, you know. Was there another reason or was that the reason how you picked up a guitar? What brought you to learning to play it? My uh, my dad played. Uh, he still does for for fun. Uh, thankfully, he's still here with us. <laughs> and um, you know I, that was a big influence when I was a kid. And then my brother bringing home uh, "Are You Experienced" from Jimi Hendrix, and that was like even I didn't even really play yet, but even I knew as a kid that that was that was so special. And I I didn't understand it, but I just knew that. Whatever he's doing, I think that's what I want to do. And that's yeah. really how it started. So it was a combination of, of Jimi Hendrix and my, and my dad. Wow. <laughs> so that, that's, that's two pretty good <laughs> starts, I, I would say. So, so has it always been the Matter Re band, or did, were you in other bands you know, once you started to get into it? Uh, you know, this is obviously through you know, seventh and eighth grade for me. And then... Um, through high school, I played with you know friends in high school. We had some you know high school bands. Um, not too long after high school is when I started. I started the band as the Blues Hounds. Okay. And then it became Matt O'Ree and the Blues Hounds. Then it just became Matt O'Ree, and then eventually, I guess two thousand nine or ten, I think I changed it to the Matt O'Ree Band, just because at, at that point, you know, the, the band had grown significantly um, to be such an integral part of the appearance, the performance, the whole thing. So it, it you know, uh, it became, it just seemed like a better idea, obviously, to call it a band at that point, because it really was, you know, and it still is. Well, you know, I have to say, I saw, 
Well, it probably it was right after you toured with Bon Jovi and, and to, which you know we're gonna get into the whole David Bryan and Bon Jovi thing, sure. but it was right after little bit after you got back from that tour and I went and saw you guys in New Jersey and it was so good. Thank you. I really I really enjoyed that show and I you know one we were going to try to go see it last year some friends and I and uh, then the pandemic happened and yep everything and so, got halted. <laughs> yeah. So but I know you were just down in Florida doing some um a little bit of touring and stuff and Yeah, it was it was it was very uh it was so nice to be back out you know, on the road and turning some miles and uh, and playing for people in person. You know, d d down in Florida, they, I guess they're playing by their own rules down there. So, um, <laughs> a little continent over there. It, it's you know, it's like the wild west down there. But it, it was, I, I have to say, as as an artist, you know, it was so nice to see people to play for people, you know, and feel that appreciation once again after being shut down for a while. But um, you know, it was a, uh, it was great. It was just a great time happy that we got a chance to do it yeah you know that's the one thing that's made me miss the most during this pandemic is live shows sure just being able to see live music and connecting with you know artists and bands that you love to listen to and you know being with your friends it's just i miss that and it's, it's kind of good to start seeing that normalcy uh come back yeah and it's you know it's, obviously the, the, the industry itself has taken such a turn mm -hmm. over the years with you know, records not being the big, the big money maker. Yeah. But one thing that the internet can't replace, thankfully, is the experience that you have with your friends at a show together and experiencing, you know, music, you know, and its purest form, the real thing. <laughs> yeah. And and that it's that experience of yourself you know, seeing that, but also the camaraderie of your friends, you know, like, oh my God, that moment was incredible. I'm so glad I shared that with my friends. And, you know, that thankfully the internet can't replace that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'm, I'm not a musician, but, you know, I couldn't imagine what it's like to have a band and, and feed off each other and have that chemistry playing a song together and then having seen an audience react to that. Sure. You know, that must, you know, that takes you to cloud nine, I, I can imagine. It's you know it's it's the reason why we get up in the morning and put on our shoes and go to go to work you know that's it's the greatest thing and obviously I was able to walk you know with Bon Jovi for a bit and and experience that level of that unbelievable you know fifty five sixty seventy thousand people you know yeah. all screaming and yelling their heads off and it was it was the first time I I had ever experienced that you know it was the greatest moment for me. Yeah, and we're, we're definitely going to get into that, and I can't wait to uh, talk about that 2015 tour, because um, that's going to be the big bulk of this, but I wanted to uh, first talk about uh, your Brotherhood album. I know there's, well, you have, I think you have two albums before, 88 Miles and Chalk It Up. And Those then, are... uh, I, I have a few, so 88 Miles was the first Blues Hounds record. Okay. Uh, that was the the original band, which was Bob Pantella on drums, who is the drummer of Monster Magnet. I don't know if you're familiar with that that band at all. Um, mm -hmm. They had a, a some pretty big hits in the '90s. Uh, Space Lord was one of their big hits, but um, so Bob's on drums and Eric Collier, who's the other uh, bass player who helped me start the band back then. Uh, so that was 80 Miles. Then Chalk It Up. Um, then it was Shelf Life, which was another record I'm pretty proud of. Um, after that is the live DVD CD combo that we did, I guess 2008, 
And then we did another live record uh, live in Denver, Colorado, and then Brotherhood came out. So it's 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 a few records in. I've heard all. I don't think I heard the live uh, Denver one, but I'm going to check that one out. Sure. And if if you can't find a copy, I, I still have some here. <laughs> okay. Um, but the the one that I really really love, and anyone that's watching this and has not listened to it, is the Brotherhood album. I mean. I'm not saying this to kiss your button or anything, but from start to finish, that album is incredible. And just, we'll talk about it, because you have um, Bruce Springsteen on there, you have David Bryan, obviously from Bon Jovi. Sure. And who, who was the other one that was, was Steve? Um, There's Steve Cropper from the Blues Brothers, and also Booker T and the MGs, and Otis Redding. I mean, he's played with pretty much everybody under the sun. Uh, and also a uh, Hubert Sumlin's on there too, and he was he was Howlin' Wolf's guitar player, so an incredible experience there meeting meeting him. And oh my God, this is the guy who played the guitar with one of my favorite blues records, you know, the Howlin' Wolf record. You know, it's just incredible to meet him. So um, we we actually had a few more guests on there, and um, they they got deferred to a couple of songs that we're going to be putting out on the next record. Wow. So that, that sort of the idea with Brotherhood when we first started was like, hey, we should try to get some special guests because that'll help push the record, of course. And just as a musical, you know, uh, collaboration, you know, it would be an absolute honor to share a song with anybody, you know, that has had success in the music industry. So um, but as we finished the, the Brotherhood record, we realized that we we didn't quite need the, the extra songs that had more people on it. So um you know, the whole package of Brotherhood just kind of came together and was like, all right, I guess we'll use those songs on the next record, which is what we're going to do. When do you expect the new one to come out? Uh, we're we're definitely hoping for this year, absolutely. So we're, we're gonna, actually going to have some new singles coming out that'll be uh, a free download on our website, uh, mattoreband.com, for, uh, you know, just to help promote the, promote the website. And we have some extra... Uh, singles that were cover songs that we cut um, to to put out there to just to keep you know fans engaged and hey you know we're still here and pandemic didn't take us out so come you know come come hang with us and check out some of our new stuff and then um, a little bit later this year we'll have the the new record out. Good. Well, I'll keep an eye. You know, I know I follow you on Twitter and Instagram and all that, so I'll keep an eye out on that stuff and you know I'll be happy to share it too. Thank you. Um, but to the the Brotherhood album, what what's your favorite song from? this album just out of curiosity um i'm i like all of them honestly i i would say musically as an artist i think december gray is probably my favorite um musical composition i guess okay that's a good one um but i you know i love leave your light on um i love black boots um, my everything is you. I mean, it's just you know, I, I love the song Life, and um, also it's gonna be all right. See, I love the message, you know, the lyrics behind Life, and uh, it's gonna be all right. And those, I think, those, you know, lyrically, those are probably the two my two favorites on the album. I, yeah, I, I would say so too. That you know, the song Life was the last thing that I had. I had just finished writing it, so the Brotherhood wasn't recorded yet when I left for the Bon Jovi tour, we, we did that when we got back and okay. we were sort of in a rush cause I wanted to get it recorded and finished be before I got back. So they could be mixing while I was away, but the, 
you know, it's like no matter what record you start, it's always longer than you set, than you think it's going to be. That's just the way it goes, you know, and it's, you know, being on a limited budget is, is the other whole yeah. too. So, um, but life was like the last song that I had written and that's what it was about. That it's, a, it's that moment of, Oh my God, I just got the gig with Bon Jovi and I'm, we're leaving in a month, you know, and that was the last song that I wrote. Wow. Well, you know, you mentioned like, you know, the album wasn't finished until after the, the Bon Jovi tour. So was there anything that you kind of took away from playing with them that you kind of brought to your album? Oh, you know, sure. As far as recording it? Absolutely. Just, just the, um, playing next, next to Phil X, you know, every night and, and his incredible musicianship and guitar playing and aggressive playing is just over the top. It's just, it's incredible. And I, I learned a lot by watching him and playing with him, and I was like, I need, I need more of that in my own playing. Yeah, know, coming yeah. from a blues background, you know, blues musician might not have, not everybody, but you know, you might not see that that aggressive kind of guitar playing. So right. um, I tried to put some of that in the recording too, for sure. So that that was definitely. I never told Phil that that was, <laughs> he was an influence on that record. Yeah, Phil is that he's you know. Pro- one of the best guitar players that I've ever heard. I mean, he just, he, you know, he had his own, you know, obviously with the Richie replacement and stuff, but, you know, he's added such a style and charisma, talent to the band. Sure. And, you know, it's, he's incredible. Um, so there's three songs on this album. Um, before we get into that, I, I kind of would like to talk about like how you, because uh, David was kind of your connection to Bon Jovi. Correct. Uh, if you want to share your story about how you kind of met him and, and all that. Yeah, it was, it was probably back in, I want to say 2012, I guess. Um, there's a local pub not far from us that uh, that has shows and has bands, and it's a tight little knit community and um, always a great show. You know, it, it'd be slam-packed, you know, on a, on a we, we played every first Friday of the month for like eight years. <laughs> and it was it was really like our home you know, residency when we were off the road with the Mattel Reband. So um, one night we're playing and, and an old older guitar student of mine who I hadn't seen in a long time walks in the front door. And we actually, the stage was like right by the front door. So anybody who came in, I would see them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, his name is Brad. Brad comes walking in and he's like, wow, I haven't seen him in a long time. And, you know, he his eyes light up and gives me a big smile and it's like, Oh my God, good to see you. Um, and, uh, cause he had stopped taking lessons, but we had such a good connection as friends. And, um, right behind him was, was David Bryan. And I was wow. like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know Brad knew David, you know, and I didn't know David either, but obviously he's pretty recognizable. <laughs> yeah. So, um, he walks in with, with, with like an entourage of people. So, we took a, a set break and I'm talking to Brad and Brad's like, I want you to meet David and so forth. And I was like, Oh, David, we, we actually previously met at a wedding many, many years ago. And I'll never forget it too. Cause I was standing at, at the bar getting a drink drink during this wedding or wedding reception. And uh, David was standing next to me and it was just the two of us standing at the bar. And I guess because I had long hair, David just kind of turned and said, Hey, um, stuck his stuck his hand out and said, "Hey, I'm David. Nice wow. to meet you." And I was like, "Oh, uh, nice to meet you. I'm Matt." And 
the reason why I'm telling that story is because I it, it always sticks out to me when somebody who's famous introduces themselves thinking that not everybody knows who they are. Yeah. And, and that humbleness always stands out to me because that's just how I am as a person too. So I told David the story and he laughed and, you know, and I was like, Hey Dave, you know, if you want to sit in for a song, you're more than welcome. And he did that night at, at Jamie's was the name of the venue. So, uh, um, and I, I've always told this story many of times that from the first note that we played, it was like we had been friends for 30 years. And it's, it's the power of music that music can bring together two complete strangers and you're not strangers anymore. Exactly. What was the uh, first song that you played with him? I don't think I re- I, I think it might have... <laughs> was it a Bon Jovi song? or? I can't remember. It wasn't a Bon Jovi song. I think we did like a like a James Brown like okay blues funk version of a James Brown song, from what I remember. I, I yeah, it was so long ago, and we played so yeah. many songs together. I I can't quite remember, but I think it was something along that nature. And, and I also wanted to touch on how at the end you said how music brings people together, and that's the absolute truth. You know, especially like in this Bon Jovi fan base. You know, I know people from all over the world just from meeting them at shows or through the fan club or social media. And it, it, some of them are my closest friends that I talk to every single day. And so that's amazing. That's the power of music. You know, music brings people together. Absolutely. You know, you know and, and uh, there's good sides and bad sides to the Internet. And this is one of the good sides is that it brought you <laughs> together. So, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all, all related. You know, and one thing that the world absolutely positively has to have right now his music absolutely <laughs> but fighting with each other and it's just you know it's just crazy when you turn on the facebook and it's like I, uh, enough already you know? and it just it just makes you want to turn turn it off you know I, even the news oh my god forget it yeah so hopefully you know live shows would will be uh coming back sooner than later because i think the world needs that absolutely i, I agree with you um so it, it you know it seems like since that since you and David had met, did you know anybody in the band before? Did you know, since you're from Jersey, did you know John or ever met John before you met David or David no, was kind you of. Know, ironically, cause we, I mean, we're all musicians in the, this area of New Jersey. Monmouth County is the County uh, that we live in. Um, it's not that big. So we figure all the, after all these years, I would have run into some of the other guys, but um, I met Richie many years ago and was very brief. Um, I was an intern at a recording studio, and he came in to do some some tracks for somebody's record. Uh, but that was had to be '92. That was a long time ago. Um, so uh, uh, David's really the only person that, that I met. Obviously, I know you know Bruce too, Springsteen. Um, but yeah, I, surprisingly, with as small as the community really is, I have I, I didn't meet David. Uh, I didn't meet John until I had my little audition at his house. Wow, which you know, I, we're definitely going to get into that. Um, but with David, you know, I I've watched some YouTube videos over the years of you guys. One of the one of the my favorite performances that I've seen with you two is the way you guys play Bad Medicine. Yeah, on stage, okay. which is yeah. a Bon Jovi song, and I love that. Yeah, uh, I thought that was really good. And then your version of uh, Wanted. I think th- I think there was a performance at the Stone Pony. And you guys were playing Wanted, and David was singing Wanted, They're Alive. Yeah. And the way that I, I, 
I love that it's played. It kind of has like a like a little bit of a country sound to it, but with like a heavy rock sound to it. And just it, it I don't know, it's good. I don't know how to explain it, but definitely a little bit different for sure. Yeah, and that, that's why you know, you know, I, I've heard "Wanted" there live a million times. I've seen it live a dozen, you know, a, a lot of times, and so it's kind of good to see another band uh, interpret it and have a different sound to it. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, there's three songs that are on uh, your Brotherhood album that features David Bryan. Uh, "My Everything Is You," "Leave Your Light On." Correct. Yeah. Um, and then what's the the third one? December Gray. December Gray. Yeah. He, he's on December Gray. He played a, a Mellotron. A Mellotron is a, is an old '60s uh, keyboard that the Beatles used extensively. So it it's a it's, it's a tape machine. Okay. And when you hold down the key, it plays the it plays the tape of that note of the sound that's on the tape. Okay. It's pretty ingenious, um, and Mellotron is is a company that's back in business too, and they they actually make a tape version that you can buy for your studio. Very expensive, obviously, but um, on the tape is the sounds of violin strings and uh, and flutes and voices. So you have three different things you can get out of it. So there's the the bridge section of December Gray is, is a Mellotron, and that's David pl- playing that for me. Wow. My my favorite would probably you know all three are good but you know, my my favorite would probably be leave your light on, um you know and I, I the what I really love about that song is you know hearing David playing the beginning the piano yeah and then you know and it definitely ha- you know if if you're like a true diehard Bon Jovi fan you know David's style and his sound and sure. you can that screams David Bryan it does um, yeah and what else I love about the song is the way the drums and the verses come in into the song after uh, David plays so, you know that's what makes you really enjoy the song yep you know it was, it was so nice too because obviously with our our style with our band is more of that blues rock thing so uh, you know Zeppelin meets Hendrix I mean that's the best analogy or, or put ZZ Top in there and I guess you got a pretty good mix <laughs> um, yeah. But having someone like with David's background, which is you know obviously a more modern pop rock thing that he's had unbelievable success over the last thirty years, mm-hmm. you know, hearing his his feel on piano mixed with that sort of southern rock thing, you know, it's just it's a it was such a, a great collaboration, and I couldn't have thought of anybody more perfect to play piano on that, and thankfully he was able to do it. Absolutely. What what was it? I mean, did what was it like to record those three songs? Did he? Did you guys record it together in the same studio, or did he do his part and send it in, or how how did that work? You don't yeah, um, Brotherhood, believe it or not, went through a couple of different changes. I actually have, I actually have a thousand copies of a previous version of Brotherhood. Okay. And when we when I finished it, I liked it and I didn't like it, and then every time I listened to it, it it leaned more on the side that I wasn't, I wasn't finished with it. Like I wasn't happy, completely happy with it. So, um, right before the Bon Jovi thing, we hooked up with I hooked up with my old producer, who uh, did a lot of work on Eighty Eight Miles and also on uh, uh, Chalk It Up and Shelf Life too. And I sent him a copy of it, and he's like, "Hold up, you know, before you release that, let's 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 sit down and talk about it." And I, I knew what he was going to say. He was hearing the same thing I was hearing. That it, it 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 wasn't quite there yet, 
So we want actually wound up recording the whole record over. Okay. And 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 the band played it together live in the studio, but we kept it to the same click, uh, the same tempo. So all the previous recorded tracks, like David's piano, could still go in with the recording. Okay. So were the David Bryan songs recorded before the fifteen tour or after? His his parts were done before that. Yeah. So all all that was done. Yeah. All David's parts. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Leave your light on was done before that. Um, my everything is you was done after the Bon Jovi tour. Okay, so you kind of had the idea of having him on that album before. Correct. Yes. Started and stuff. Yep. Right. Yeah, that that was that was it. So when we were working on Brotherhood, it was like, hey, you know, David, would you be interested in playing on a song or two on our record? You know, I have I got Springsteen on, and I got this and that, and he was like, oh yeah, that sounds interesting. So um, that collaboration and that recordings started before the Bon Jovi tour. Wow. Well, they're a good song. Then the last one I want to bring up, too, because people should listen to what they haven't, is My Everything Is You, which yeah. is my uh, my second favorite album or song on the album. And uh, I love, you know, one thing that stands about this whole album in general is the, the guitar. You know, I love the, the guitar riffs and just the whole sound in general. And uh, the guitar and verses in Everything Is You is just phenomenal, you know, especially that, in that intro. <laughs> The, the main guitar riff, the intro you're talking about, David wrote that riff. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he, he, so during our friendship, so 2012 to, you know, well, to now, really. So um, as our friendship grew from that first night of playing together, um, he and his wife, Lexi, started hi- hiring my band to do private parties for them at their house. So that that's sort of how our friendship escalated. Okay, we became better friends and better friends and better friends, and now we're best friends really so um uh, through that time was like hey we, we should write a song together you know and and david also wrote a song for uh for, for my wife erin on her record which is just titled erin um uh they they, they have a, a the name just fled in my head but they, they have a, a beautiful song that david wrote um the uh i, I have to send it to you i, I the name flew out of my head at the moment but it's it's a really beautiful song that david wrote and aaron sings the song it's it's, it's incredible yeah I'll de- I, I definitely want to check that one out especially you know with, with david on it um one thing i really love about this song not now that i know he wrote the the riffs to it too that's really cool is i i love seeing it live and obviously i never got to see you guys live with david and i, I almost went to that um you did a drive-through concert last year i think october it was Yes. And I was going to go to that. Oh, and that, then, so that actually got rained out twice. Oh, it, so it never happened. It never happened. So, so the first time it got rained out, we went for our rain date, which was two days later. That got rained out. We tried to reschedule it, and it, it was just so many moving pieces because it was also part of um, our, our local uh, PBA, which is the Police Benevolent Association. Um, my, my mother worked for the my local town here, Homedale, she worked for the police department for a long time, so I'm, I'm good friends with a lot of the police officers and the police chief and everything. So um, we've done a lot of benefits with them, you know, to help raise money for, you know, new police cars or new vests or whatever they need. And uh, so they were backing that show. So with, there were so many moving pieces to the show that we couldn't reschedule it. But we're we're looking at doing, I think, May 1st, which it's not announced yet because it's still not definite. But sometime in May, let's say. Um, okay. that, that drive-in show hopefully is going to happen again. And hopefully it'll actually go. It'll actually go. 
And I, I have to ask you, as, as a musician, how do you feel about playing in front of, you know, I remember when they proposed this idea a year ago, bands doing drive-in concerts. How do you feel as a musician playing in front of vehicles and not like a, a sea of, of people, a, a crowd? You know, how, how do you I, feel about that? You know, it's, I, I'm, I'm just thrilled to play for anybody. So I, <laughs> I'll take, you know, when, who, whomever, whoever wants to come. But um, we, we did a drive-in concert with uh, a keyboard player that we worked with for a bit named John Ginty. He's in the, the Almond Betts Band, which is sort of the new version of, of the Almond Brothers. It's the Almond Brothers Kids, and, and the band is fantastic. And we did a drive-in show with him, uh, let's see, that was last spring, I think. And it was weird seeing just cars out there. But yeah. again, it's just thankful to play for anybody because of the current state of the world. Yeah, that's true. You know, I guess I would take it over not seeing a show, but sure. you know, me personally, you know, I, I I just want to be in a, a crowd of people and you know throw my hands in the air and sing along. And yep. you know that's you know that's to me is a is a true concert, obviously. Sure, and the but, I mean the the thing with our drive-in show, if it goes through for May, um, you'll be able to get out of your car and have a beach chair or lawn chair, and you can sit down, so you can still be. You, you don't have to stay in your car, which is great. Oh, good, good, good. Well, I will uh, look you know, for details on that uh, May show, and hopefully I can make it out there. Like I said, I was, I was going to get tickets and everything last year. I couldn't get away from work, and then I didn't know it was rained out, so I, so I, so yeah. I lived for the last six months with regret of not going, but now I know that it didn't happen. I know. It was, it was a, a defeating moment because I, I, I never give up, you know, ever. Like, so, and yeah. it was just like... I think I actually have to get, well, let's not say give up. Let's say, re, you know, postpone it. So. Postpone. There we go. So let, let's go into the big thing here. Uh, let's talk about that 2015 tour. Sure. Um, you know, so obviously this is when Bon Jovi released Burning Bridges, which was just uh, at the time was an album to fulfill the record company's uh, contract. And uh, that's when John was having his dispute with Island Records, Mercury. And uh, so they did like a little, it wasn't really a promo tour, but it was just kind of like a, what was it, five, five, six shows they did in like Southeast Asia or something? It was, it was supposed to be 12, and I think it only wound up becoming 11, I think. 11? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll let you talk here. How did you, how did that come about for you? To, obviously, you replaced Bobby Bandier, who had played rhythm guitar uh, prior uh, so how did you kind of get involved? Uh, obviously, with you know, Bobby, you know, didn't want to do that tour for whatever reasons. Um, you know, John needed somebody, and actually, I think it was uh, David was like, "Hey, I, you know, I think I think John needs someone for this tour. You know, would you be interested in auditioning?" And it, you know, who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who turned that down? I know. I mean, even just the opportunity to just to meet John and just chat with him is life changing. Yeah. So, you, so you mentioned you mentioned earlier that you went to his house. Was that the one in uh, Red Bank? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what what was that like to go there and audition it and meet in John? I mean, was the rest of the band there too, like Phil and Tico and? No, it, it was it was just me. Uh, David brought me over there because I didn't quite know where it was, honestly. Um, so with me, David, and, and John, and, you know, John answers the door, and it seemed like nobody was home, you know, 
at least I didn't see anybody else. So, uh, but it was it was surreal, you know. It was so it was again so nice to finally meet John after all these years, and he was as nice and as cool as can be. And you know, I I had like a bunch of cases, you know, and bought a couple of guitars and a little practice amp, and he opened the door and he laughed at me, and he's like, "Put all that stuff back in your car and just bring the acoustic." He's like, and he was what, what did he say? He said a. Uh, you know, I already watched some videos of you. I I know you can play your butt off. You know, come come on in. You know, wow. And and it was just it was just cool that like wow, John actually watched videos of me. You know of me. You know so. Anyway, so we we got in, just started chatting, and we're just chatting some more, and then we jammed a little bit on the acoustic guitar, and we sang a little bit. You know, and that, and that was, you know, it was it was really casual. You know, the most casual audition I've ever had. <laughs> So, did, so what songs were they Bon Jovi songs that you played the addition with, or? I, I I think we I, I think we, I think we played Better Roses a little bit, like the chorus of it, and then um, I I think I sang a a Clapton song for him, I think. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah. And then uh, and then then we just chatted some more, and it was it was again very casual, and you know he's like, all right, well you know, you know I'll, I'll keep you posted, and we'll let you know if, you know if it's gonna work out. And then, so I went went home, and I mean, I, I was I was nervous as all can be, obviously, you know, because <clears throat> I, I I mean, previous to that, I've only, I've only done my own band. I mean, I I've played with other people and other gigs and other shows, but I've never actually joined you know somebody else's band, you know. Yeah. So so how long did John leave you hanging on the line to, to get an answer? Well, it, it was probably a, a, it was probably a week or two, and then he was like, he called me up and. I was sitting right outside our doorstep talking to my neighbor and and uh he's like hey do, you know you still want to go on tour and i'm like yeah <laughs> what kind of question is that yeah who would turn that down i know and, and i i you know so I'm, and you know I, I said the same thing to john at, at the end of the tour i said hey man you know if you ever need me i got your back i'll be here a thousand percent you know and and if you don't need me i'm just happy to know you you know i'm, I'm still here i'm still your friend yeah. So, so after you got that call uh, that you were going to be torn with them, did the whole band eventually come to New Jersey and, and rehearse for this tour, or, or how did you exactly they, learn they to did. play everything? They, they did. Yes, correct. Yes. So we we wound up uh, rehearsing at at John's house at a studio for I think four days, and then that ended on a Thursday and Tuesday we were gone. Okay. What was it like to, you know, meet the rest of the band, you know, meeting Tico and Phil and Hugh and, and all that? What was that like? I, I, I mean, again, the nicest people. Tico was so cool. Hugh was just a sweetheart, you know, and everybody's just so nice and they were very supportive and, hey, don't, you know, don't do this, do this, don't do that kind of stuff. Because I, you know, there wasn't much to, you know, nobody told me what I'm not supposed to do or supposed to do. You know, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I I'm brandy new, you know, so... Um, they, they were very supportive. Good. Well, so uh, how many songs did you have to, obviously you probably had to learn a lot of these songs yeah. prior to the rehearsing. So, you know, how many songs did you have to learn? I think it was 44. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I had a month to do it and it was, you know, a lot of songs I had never heard before, you know, growing up again around here in the eighties, I was in high school. Bon Jovi was like, you couldn't, you couldn't get away from it if you wanted to. It was everywhere, which was yeah. a great thing. So, you know, a lot of the the bigger songs, you know, like obviously Wanted, you know, um, 
there's no way you could have not known it, you know, yeah. as a musician growing up at that time, because it, it was the most current music. So, you know, some of the stuff I knew, but not certainly not 44 songs. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so when the uh, so 44 songs, you know, I bet you know, look looking from those watching those shows and the set list and stuff, I think you know maybe only 20 of those songs made it to the to the yeah. list. It was between 20 and 22, and, you know, I always wondered if, if John, you know, I never asked him, but if he, you know, why we stuck to those 22, but th those were some of his biggest hits, obviously, you know, yeah. and the show was really starting to come together, you know, you know, with a new member, you know, and personality and everything else, too, so maybe John just felt more comfortable with just doing those, you know, so, and it was such a, it was a short run, so I guess John didn't deviate too much from that that set list yeah I mean, which is, is surprising because prior to 2015 you know under this house tour they kind of set to the same set list almost but one of the things i really loved about seeing them live and i've been to 52 53 bon jovi shows and so the set list would, would always change you never knew what they were going to open up with or what kind of surprises you know as a diehard myself you know you want to hear the deep stuff yeah and so you know probably for the reason why he did 44 songs is just you never knew what's you know, John might feel wild as the wind one night and say, hey, let's play that. Sure. So that's, that, you know, that, that might be why. But it's, uh, so going into the tour, so what was it like to see, because you guys went to Southeast Asia, Jakarta, uh, and, and all those places. What was it like to, you know, have you ever been there before? Or I've never been that far east. And, um, you know, I didn't see too much except the hotel, the plane, and the and the and the show, really. Yeah. But uh, there was a when we were in um, Jerusalem, I got a chance to see some of that, which was great. You know, wow. so um, I saw some of the places in in, um, in, in China too, which was awesome. Um, Singapore was great because I got a chance to see a little bit of. We, we played right after the uh, Formula One racing. So right where our dressing rooms were, like like the cars were like you know whizzing by, you oh know, my. it was so neat. To, and me being a, a a car fan and a hot rod fan, yeah. uh, it was so neat to hear the those engines, you know, like the way they really sound because I've only heard them on TV, you know. Yeah. Um, so that, that 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 those parts were great. But most of the time, I just was really in the hotel room, like studying songs and refreshing parts and making sure I didn't forget anything. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know what the time difference is there, you know, but obviously, you know, you're on Eastern Standard Time here. So, you know, you're used to playing the what, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. Sure. I don't know what the time difference was. I don't know if you remember or know. Uh, but I'm sure it's quite different, you know, so I don't know um, what it was like playing at a different time that you're used to. Oh, uh, actually, I think the shows all went off about eight o'clock. So that that wasn't that wasn't any that much. I mean, here, yeah, usually we go on at 10 or 10.30, but it depends on the show, you know. Okay. Uh, we're actually playing this Saturday at a, um, a place called The Vogel. It's, it's a new theater in Red Bank. It's part of the Count Basie Theater. And um, our show starts at 8 o'clock, so I'm not unused to that. I guess to answer your question, it was more... It took a few days to get used to the time difference of being on a whole different you know schedule. So I went... When I would finish the show and we would get back to the hotel, I would already have, and I would pick up the Wi-Fi at the hotel, I would be getting pictures on my phone from my wife back here 
that was watching people post pictures on the other side of the world. So it was like this whole weird circle thing that was happening. And it was like, oh, my God, that wait, that just happened. <laughs> How are you getting these pictures? And she's like, oh, somebody was just posting them. So Jeez. She she was up either super late or super early, depending on how you look at it, to, to, to get some of these pictures and send them back to me. Wow. My my next question I want to ask you is, you know, you're, so you're used to playing, you know, clubs and bars and, you know, theaters and, you know, outdoor events. So yeah. what was it like going from, you know, I don't know how many people that would be, but all the way up into the Bon Jovi tour and having 50,000 or more people in front of you watching you play. I mean, what was that like going from it's, New Jersey to... It, it, especially doing it with John, too. It was, it was a, a childhood dream. You know, I mean, I, I never thought I'd play with Bon Jovi. You know, but I always hoped that I would play that size venues. Yeah. And when I would go... I, I saw Bon Jovi in 89, I think. And I, I, you know, anytime I go to a huge concert, like, I always like to look around the audience just to, just to see it. And I always wondered what it was like from the performer's point of view. And yeah. I, always hoped, I always hoped I would get to that. So we finished our rehearsal Thursday. I played that little pub, Jamian's, on Saturday. And then Tuesday, I'm on a plane with John. Wow. So up to that point, I really couldn't talk about what was going on. But I, a little bit of rumors were spreading that I might have gotten a gig with John. And um, so that Saturday, I'm like, well, they might as well hear it from me, and yeah. and we're playing Jamians, and it was it was I mean jam packed. It was two hundred people squeezed in this tiny little bar, elbow to elbow, and and at that moment I'm like, well, I guess word got out. So I got on the microphone and I'm like, well, if anybody had heard that I might have gotten a gig with Bon Jovi, you might as well just hear it from me. It's true, and then the, <laughs> whole, the whole place just exploded, and everybody's like high-fiving each other and yelling and screaming and I mean that the bartenders are pouring you know shots as long as the bar and everybody's you know drinking and it was just you know an incredible moment you know in, in our little hometown you know so then the next show is 55,000 people so from two, from 200 to 55,000 it, it's it's hard to find words to describe it. it it really is and and even like during our this COVID downtime and and one thing people don't talk about is probably the, the depression that musicians go through because you can't perform your art. It's like telling Picasso you can't paint, you know? Yeah. So, um, uh, even on some of the most depressing days of sitting around, I still have to remind myself, hey, I, I did something that nobody else will get the chance to do. Exactly. I mean, it's a one in a million chance to ever get to play in, in that big of a band, you know, yep. their stature. Um, you know, and, and the thing, you know, I, I couldn't imagine how nerve wracking that would have been, though, to, you know, have those, you know, because John, you know, greatest front man, you know, best band, you know, yeah. so he's got a lot of expectations, you know, his, I mean, his ex expectations are high. So, I mean, that must have been nerve wracking to make sure that you got every part right. And I mean, but, you know, watching you play on these YouTube videos, I mean, it looks like you got it. You know, you're, you you look confident, like you knew what you're. Yeah, you know, obviously you did know what you were doing, but you know, it, it showed that you you did great. Oh, I I gave it hell. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and one thing that I really loved about these shows too was that there was a lot of fun. You know, it was just it seemed like just like a fun 
show. You know, and like the way that you and Phil come together, like your guys' chemistry were just phenomenal. And especially like that's what the water made me. The outro to that, uh, yeah, the keep yeah. the faith outro was incredible. That was and fun. It just blew me away. It was. Uh, thank you. It was. You know, it was so again, just so great to work with those guys. But you know, all the pictures that people were seeing back home, you know, and across the world, you know, they were true, honest photographs. I mean, that that's that was the fun that we were all having together. So. Uh, I was I was happy that it was like that because sometimes it's not, it's not like that. Sometimes it is acting. You know, you got to be pretend like you're having a good time. You know, but that was absolute honest honesty. You know, and we were all having a great time. Wow. What What was your? Uh, I want to ask you what was your hard? What's the was the what was the hardest song to learn? And what was your favorite song to play? Hmm. I definitely like uh, "It's My Life." Mm -hmm. I, I really had a good time playing that, and probably "Keep the Faith" because me being more of that improvising guitar player of my heroes of Clapton and Hendrix and Page, those guys never played anything the same way twice. Wow! Yeah, and Bon Jovi is a little bit more scripted. That's just the way the music is. Yeah. But uh, keep the faith. I was able to stretch out a, a little bit, you know, and and improvise a little bit, which which was nice of John to give me that freedom because I, you know, again that music is more of a scripted thing. That's just that's just how it is. That's how the song goes. That's how it always goes. Right. You know. So what he gave me a little bit of freedom knowing my background, which I thought was very nice of him. Right, you know, and I'm I'm glad you you know, talk about scripted and stuff, and you know we talk about the outro. There's a video on YouTube, and I think it's so stupid, but there's like a comparison between I think you, John Shanks, and Bobby Bandiera. I saw, I saw, it, it was. I mean, hey, I'm just thankful once again that somebody remembered me and yeah. you know put me you know in in that video. You know, I put my part in the video, and it's cool that somebody did that but you know obviously comparing it's like apples and oranges it's like it's two, right. different, two different styles two different musicians it's like you're comparing paintings again once again so yeah. um but I, yeah, I was just thrilled that somebody you know you know remembered me that's all yeah you know and that video wasn't negative it's just like my my whole feel is that you, you can't compare two different guitars you know what the beauty of music is and i mentioned this earlier like your guys's version of wanted dead or alive different than Bon Jovi's but it's still so good and so you know as a guitar player you know there's a lot you, you can play differently and that's what I really liked about your sound with uh, you know the outro to that's what the water made me and uh keep the faith it had a little different sound to it but and I loved it sure you thank know? you thank you you know and it, you know it's, it, I won't get into the whole Richie thing but it's like the whole thing that people expect Phil to sound just like Richie you, you can't you know right. everyone has their own different feel and sound and yep and all that and, you know, there's something so special about Richie in the time that I saw him you know he's a phenomenal musician incredible singer amazing songwriter and it's like like yeah. the, those shoes are so huge that no, nobody could feel that and you're not supposed to you know yeah. and unfortunately it's a di disappointment to fans that love that sound when Richie was there but it just didn't work out, and he's not there. Hopefully, someday in the future, you know, maybe they can do something together again. But yeah. you know, in the meantime, you know, Phil's playing his ass off. You yeah. know, he's he's yeah. an, an incredible musician. You know, exactly. So, uh, you know, you're still getting a great show. There's no reason to not go. 
Absolutely. You know, it, it's, you know, from 2013 on, it's a great continue, you know, when you played with, when Phil played, having Shanks on, you know, it's just, it's evolving. And I love seeing that continuation. And, uh, and, and, you know, even for myself too, I, I've lost band members, you know, over the years and, and some fans don't come anymore. And I'm like, really? Like, don't you want to see what happens next? But some people get so hung up on, on the familiarity of, of what, what they fell in love with. It's that, you know, it's that hot girl or the hot, or the hot car. It's like, don't change anything. But that's not how you create music. You know, creating music is supposed to change. You're supposed to play with other people. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to play with other people that are better than you to make yeah. you better. Yeah, it's all about evolving. Yeah, especially, you know, I'm sure you can say as an artist, you have to evolve. Sure. Um, you know, a couple of things I want to talk about the tour was what was it like being on the jet with the guys? I mean, like, what did you guys do or talk about or, you know, what, what was that like? Um, some good laughs for sure, you know, but it was, you know, at that point, everyone's just exhausted. Most people just kind of nodded off and, you know, or threw a movie on your laptop and just, you know, watched, you know, just to kill the time. You know, I, I, I was usually still thumbing through my notes just studying his songs <laughs> but uh it, it was it was so it was my first time on a private jet too which was great you know it was it was just wonderful it was awesome so what was your big you know and we talked about this with your brotherhood album you know how it kind of influenced you to re write and record on that but what what do you think your biggest takeaway was playing with bon jovi you know as as an artist as a guitarist and it's tough to boil it down to just one thing, but I, I, what I can say is, you know, standing next to John on a stage that big with a crowd that big and watching him command that audience was the biggest learning experience I could ever have. I mean, I, I, I could, every night I was just in awe of watching him do that, you know, yeah. and, it's like, and thinking to myself, how does he do that? You know, so it was it was an absolute learning experience for me across the board. Playing with Phil, that aggression, that entertainment. You know, playing with David, of course. I I would play with David every day of my life if I could. Playing yeah. with you know Tico's drumming was just absolutely the best I've ever heard. I mean, he's just an absolute perfection master. You know, yeah. uh, and Hugh. I mean, all, all of it. It was just it was just an absolute home home run for me, and an absolute learning. You know, it was like going to school, you know, crash course. <laughs> yeah. You know, to reiterate, you know, I, I just I couldn't imagine what it was like to be in your shoes and like playing guitar and on a stage in front of 50,000 people and then looking over and there's John Bon Jovi and Tico and David and so on. Like, right. I mean, that, right. unbelievable. It's, it's still surreal that I, you know, of course, it's been some time since that's happened and now I'm focused on what I'm doing at the moment or today, you know, and when you say it like that, it reminds me of like looking over and seeing his white, white mic stand. It's like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm, I can't believe I'm here. You know? And yeah. I, I said it before, you know, as you evolve as, as a musician, you want to play with people that are better than you. Yeah. And, and that was, that was my, another education for me because here I am on stage with people that I consider better than me. You know, and, and that's, you know, it, it brought me up to a whole new level. And when I got back playing with people around town here at home, it was like, wow, I, I can't believe what I learned that these people will never get that. Yeah. That's, you know, it was a blessing. 
I wanted to ask one more thing about the tour too before yeah. we conclude was uh, sound check. You know, so like, how many songs would you guys uh, do during sound check, and how you know? Just tell me about sound check, I guess. What was that, that was, like? Uh, the, the the first sound check was was my was my favorite for the story. So um, we we were in Jakarta, Indonesia. We were there a day early, I think, and um, and I, I, we walk out to the stage, and it's biggest stage I've been on. You know, not quite a football field, but not quite you know half of a football field was huge. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking at at the em- empty, you know, uh, stadium, and I feel a warm hand on my shoulder for a minute. And I turn around and it's John, and John just you know whispers to me. He's like, "It's just like any other gig." <laughs> and and how cool of him to do that to ease my nerves because he knows he just went into battle with an unproven weapon. Yeah, that, he, he doesn't. He doesn't know really what I'm capable of on stage or what I'm going to do. Or he has no idea. He just hopes that I'm going to do the right thing. And of course, I, I would never do the wrong thing because that's just who I am. But um, how cool was it of him to say that to me? It made me feel a thousand times better. But what I want, and and I said, okay, I said th- thanks, you know. And what I really wanted to say was like, no, it's not. <laughs> I, I played for 200 people back home in a sweaty bar. Yeah. This is not the same. But to 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 you know to be truth to his statement it actually is the same. Okay. You know, and in some ways cuz you're you're still entertaining, you're still putting on a show and that's what that's what we do as musicians. It doesn't matter how big the audience. But it was it was overwhelming when I looked out and it was it was empty and I'm just like, "Oh my god." You know, here I am. Like, I, I finally, I finally made it. You know, I, I could call all the kids back from high school and say, Haha, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Take a picture with the band and stuff, which I'm sure you have a picture with you and the the whole band together somewhere. We, we, I, I, we have a bunch, of, but you know, it's tough to ha- what happens on the, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I can't share share that with the world, but. Yeah. I, you know, I, there was moments on stage where it was like all the, you know, cell phone and. Back in the day, it would be lighters. All the cell phone lights were up. And I'm just looking at the audience, and I'm like, man, I wish my friends at home, I wish there was a camera going through my eyes that they could see this back home because it was to stand on stage next to John and see all that was just, it was breathtaking. You know, it's just the greatest moment ever. Well, thank God for you to see. <laughs> You're able to relive it and yeah, see correct. that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, back to town check real quick. So, how many songs did you guys like kind of play? Or what, what were the what were those songs that you would play for, during town check? Uh, it, it, it varied. You know, it's usually a, a song or two because with today's technology of digital mixing consoles, all the settings get saved every night anyway. So okay. they they can even run um, a recording of the night before through the PA system, and everything's going to be the same anyway. So you don't even have to be there for sound check. Oh wow. Yeah, the, the, the technology in that respect has has massively grown. So um, um, I think there was only like a few sound checks that that we had to do. Wow. Most, most of most most of it was like, okay, here we are. Let's go play the show. Wow, nice. Well, I think that I you know I like uh, I appreciate you coming on today. It was kind of great to finally talk to you and uh, talk about the tour and all that. And I wanted to say thank you for coming on. No problem. Thank, again, thank you for having me, and 
it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you. And if you want to uh, say your Twitter and, and Instagram handle so people can follow you and then, you know, um, be tuned into what's come, what's to come with you if you sure, want to. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the best place to, to find us is our website, mattoreband.com. And then uh, it's at mattoreband is, is our other uh, handles. Yep. Okay, great. Well, thanks again, Matt. I really appreciate it. And I hope you stay safe. And I hope to see you play in May. I hope so too, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Matt. No problem.